You're now listening to the Thousand Story Podcast, presented by Thousand Story. Welcome to the Thousand Story Podcast. We are your hosts, Najee. And Luis. And today we have a very special guest. His name is Jimmy V. He's a filmmaker out of Toronto, Ontario, and doing amazing things with film, all independent. And he just actually went full-time into the filmmaking uh, realm. So welcome, Jimmy. (laughs) What's up? What's up? What's up? How's it going? (laughs) Um, You can hear us okay? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So we, we were syncing it up on our side, making sure everything's good. All right, so we're clean. So we're switching over to the uh, the clean link now. Perfect. Right. Yes. Dope. Jimmy, how have you been? Good. Just been working. Yeah? Trying to keep busy. Yeah. How about you guys? What have you guys been up to? Mm. <laughs> That's a quick one. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so much. Um, um, Jimmy, so you were recently in New York. What uh yeah man what was good hanging out with you <laughs> <laughs> That was a lot of fun No I, I, it was it was it was yeah. it was good to catch up with you yeah, No it was. I was just down there to just uh you know vacation a little bit also just to I'm trying to like keep myself everywhere else mm-hmm. these days you know like yeah. I'm trying to be in other places in the world with my work so I'm just trying to move around to other places like New nice. York. I was filming a little music video down there. Oh, cool. Who are you working with? If you don't mind me asking. I was working with a girl named Annie. Her name is A-N-E. And she just mm-hmm. sings and makes music. Dope. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> she's cool. She's a cool girl out there. And I've got a lot of friends out there too. So I just like honestly went there to connect with a few people. Connected with Olu. Yes. Yes. Olu yeah. Bliss, the homie. That guy's yeah. amazing. That new track he just Console. put out was dope. It was very elliptical dope. carousel. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so good. When oh, I heard yeah. it, how's uh, that one? Who was the producer? I forget. Like, um, I don't know how to say it, his name. Man. Uh, his I know his real name, Satoshi. Satoshi, yeah, Satoshi. He's from oh, Japan. Fritos. Yeah, yeah, Fritos. Fritos. There yeah, we go. That's his name. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Satoshi's awesome. Yeah, he's. Apparently, super killer on the keys, and I could definitely hear it. Oh, that, yeah, <laughs> just that sounded amazing it on that yeah. track. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, I still have to hear that, but you know, he yeah, went in. Totally, I totally forgot. I mean, I haven't heard of his stuff in a while. I need to go back and listen. Yeah, it's some, yeah. it was good, it was really good. So, Jimmy, uh, I guess today we're really going to be focusing on you and, and your story. And um, so now you are a freelance creative, right. Yeah. You're kind of just doing your own thing and finding your own way in in the world. Um, So we kind of just want to spotlight you and just kind of see what your your entire story is, like how you got there, what you were doing before, like what you're doing now, how like your struggles, trials and tribulations, your successes. Um, So I guess like, okay, so I didn't know this and I've known you for a little bit, for a little, like almost a year now. Damn, yeah, has it really been that long? Almost a year. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, met in the a, dark of night. 
The Dark of Night. <laughs> That's wild. Wait, oh, no. hold on. <laughs> oh, let's rewind Has here. Has it really been a year? It's almost been Man. a year. No, 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 no. Not even close. It's it was- a- August. It will be a year. That's But it's wild. almost been a year. That yeah. feels wow. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Anyway, good to <laughs> Yeah. So we have known each other for almost a year. And I didn't know that you were in advertising before. Najee told me, actually. Yeah. That you were doing I, some. I was in advertising for about a year and a half, I would say. I studied advertising for four years. So I did a, a bachelor's in advertising. Okay. In Toronto, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in Toronto at okay, okay cool. And uh, I don't know. I, I did advertising just because I kind of liked a bit of everything. You know, yes. at high school. Yes. I was like, you know, I like I like design. You know, I like I like illustration. I like photography. I like yes film. I like all these things, but I couldn't choose. There, and it was the decision had to be made so quickly, so I just went into advertising. Huh. And because advertising had a bit of everything, you know, and, yeah. you know, also Asian parents, you know, they understand <laughs> <laughs> marketing. When I tell them marketing, they're like, oh, okay, business. I'm like, yeah, 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 yes. sure, why not? So business. They, we'll go with that. <laughs> so it works. It works in that realm. But I did it for like a few years. And when I was in school, I was like, I didn't quite love it. Yeah. And I was getting the feeling that like advertising probably wasn't for me. And, you know, I, I finished it. You know, it was a rough time finishing it. <laughs> I barely, I barely got by. <laughs> School just wasn't for me in general. But I loved, I loved the people that I met. I'm so thankful that I yeah. met those guys there. Yeah, and, yeah, for sure. You know, it's. I I feel like I have no hate against the school itself. Mm-hmm. It's, and I I think it's just I'm not the right person for school. You know, like I yeah. I learned everything outside of school. Mm-hmm. It was at the even point like. When I finished OCAT, I had a grad exposition. So we were, we were able to exhibit all of our work for the year, right? Right, right. And everything was divvied up into different uh, studies. So there was like a graphic design section, an illustration section, a photography section, an advertising section. So I was in the advertising section. But I was like the the pony in the crowd. I was literally the guy who had no advertising work at the end of his exhibition. Everything that I showed was like, <laughs> Things that I did outside of work, outside of school, interesting. Uh, interesting that I've done, all the other art direction stuff that I've done. Right, right. So at that point, I kind of knew that like advertising wasn't for me. But you know, I graduated, and I was like, man, I, I kind of need a job. You know, I got student loans. <laughs> I got to pay that stuff off. So I really needed to like feel out whether advertising was for me. So I went right. in and I did it for about a year and a half. Where, what were you? Worked, what were you doing? Yeah. I was a designer and a content creator. Okay, cool. Yeah. So for an advertising company intern, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 an advertising company. Um, and it was a great time. My creative director, Ben, he was amazing. He was probably like the best person I could ask for being the first job that I came out to. That's awesome. He's one of those guys that was like he would he needs to have it his way. And he's relentless Hmm. with his creativity. And wow. once he has a vision, he will do everything to execute it. It's great. That sounds yeah, inspiring, it, just <laughs> hearing that. It is interesting. So wait, when you, okay, so when we met, um, or when you you reached out to me, uh, what was it? Like early, when, when did you first reach out to me? Oh man, I don't remember. 
I know it was, I was before June um, of last year. It was like, yeah, I'm gonna totally blurred say, out. Yeah, it is kind of all blurred, <laughs> but like maybe like spring ish. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah just of uh, of 2017. Yeah. Um, so at that point, you, obviously you were still in the advertising firm, um, and you had just, you, you were kind of explaining the whole story and introducing yourself. So could, could you tell us or tell Louise, uh, some like about that, about, you know, how you got to that yeah. point when you were, you hitting me up and then we decided to work together. Yeah. Cause I guess, I, I, I guess like we're homies, like we're really good friends, but I know little to nothing about <laughs> your <boss> apparently like, <laughs> Like, like I, I feel like I, some, I can't cite on here. <laughs> I I just failed as a friend. Like I failed to ask anything important. <laughs> like <laughs> I feel so bad. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, I, yeah. Like I guess what I did and like how I got there. I like you know I wasn't feeling it right. Of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And. It was no hate. Like, my job was great. I worked, like, the best hours. You know, if there anything came right, up family-wise, right. I'd be able to leave at any given time. You know, everyone was super understanding. The culture there was amazing. My friends there were amazing. The pay was great. Right. You know, when I told my friends about my job, and then months later, I was like, I'm leaving. They were literally like, what? they were just in shock they were just in shock literally yeah. you know, advertising is a cool place man it really is like, yeah, it's a great yeah. world <laughs> it's it's also a world where like you know when you first exit and enter into advertising you're probably not going to get like a good paying job you're probably going to get overworked like crazy oh yeah and that was very common oh, yeah. for all my friends so like my job was like a one in a million it really was so I don't know I've it's kind of a dumb story as well, but like hey, when I was, we like dumb stories. Yeah. I want to. I want to hear it. I want to hear it because I've never asked. So, so I've, this is I've, my first time learning all of this. Yeah, yeah. So I've always been like a huge fan of music. Huge fan. Music's been a big right. part of my life. When I was younger, okay. I danced. You know, I remember watching so you think you could dance, learning. I was and watching like a people with lazy legs. And I was Hold like, up, wow. you were a dancer. Yeah, I'm telling it. What is it's interesting, Jimmy? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> this is Jimmy's story. God, continue. continue. Sorry, okay, I'm all right. Me. I'm sorry. I keep I keep interrupting. Yeah, it's all good. And then, yeah, I remember watching people with lazy legs, and I remember watching him dance. And I was like, you know, at the time in life, I was very young. I was very like, I had no confidence really. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching him, and I was like, wow, this guy who is paralyzed from the legs down, was able to dance. And eventually I just watched a few YouTube videos when I was younger and I learned how to dance. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's what it was. And then music just became a part of me. You know, it became my identity. Yeah. It became the thing that got me through a lot of life. And I, I remember when I was younger, I didn't get to watch a lot of TV and everything, but like, I remember watching... All right, this is the embarrassing part. I remember watching Britney Spears Toxic. <laughs> and Britney Spears Toxic, that okay. was my first time okay. watching a music video. Okay. I thought and you were going to say something else. That <laughs> <laughs> was the oh, moment man, I knew. It's the moment I knew that she was the one. <laughs> no, I remember watching a music video and I was like, wow, I didn't know that 
film could do this with music and create such a powerful story. And for, for whatever reason, I was just hooked. And toxic. Yeah. Toxic was it, the video. It was almost toxic to me. Like it was yeah. just poison. <laughs> <laughs> and ever since then, I was just obsessed with films. You know, like even, even when I was applying for universities and colleges, right. film was one of the things that I was considering. But I was always too afraid to go into it just because I thought, you know, film is a hard life, man. Like, yeah. you got to work really hard yes, to is. make it in film, to even make a living in film. Yeah, that's Ugh. true. That's very true. So I didn't do it. But, I mean, I, the more I started exploring my other realms and other projects, I started mm-hmm. to realize that, like, music was really what I wanted to be part of. You know, I wanted that to be one of the main themes of my work. Right. And that's that's kind of how I was led to Naji. I just remember listening to Naji for a long time. Through no. like just one of like the OG music guys that I used to listen to a while back. And I remember listening I remember hearing his music when I used to be all over YouTube. Like I think it was like just a casual or like underground charisma. It was one of yeah, those. It one both. of those. <laughs> it could have been both. It honestly could have been both. And I remember hearing his music and I was like, damn, this guy's got jams. <laughs> who does who does Najee boy? <laughs> who is who this guy? Who this guy? It's a bop. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's crazy though, because I remember you telling me that, and I was just like, wow, like I didn't, it didn't occur to me that. You know, most of the time when people would say, like, I heard your stuff, it was either, like, SoundCloud or, uh, like, Spotify wasn't even a thing during that time. Because I just started, um, like, when, like, Falling came out. And, and, yeah. um, and, and, and like, early, that was, like, early, honestly, early 2016. Like, around that time, mm. it was just, it was just the very, very, very beginning. So, for anybody to even hear it, my stuff was wild. But then for you to be, like, an OG fan, I was like, <gasps> my, my. <laughs> you know, so it's was, it was super interesting. But so when you when you originally um, when you originally hit me up, you know, you were still I'm not sure if you still are, but you were still living with your parents, or were you where were you at? Yeah, I still was. And then so so you are you still living with them now? Yeah, for now. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So no, but the, but the story that you were telling me about you, you don't have to go into any you know, huge detail, but um, you know, it was you know there was just a lot of difficulty. Um, you know, like j- just from your family or being, or I should say that there were, there were definitely several difficulties that led to, you know, major stress in your life, you know, at that time. So you were already trying to go through a major shift as far as a, a career shift. And then you had familial stress. So it, for you, how would you say that the transition from, I, I guess, one sort of stress to another, how did you deal with that? How did you cope with um, kind of like or juggling all sorts of different shifts in your life? Yeah, it's that's a hard question. It's definitely a hard question, yeah. and it's going to result in a very long answer. But that's okay. We're here for long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my entire life has been kind of like ups and downs. You know, for sure, and it wasn't just like emotional stress. It was also financial as well. You know, right and. uh my life has kind of been up and down in those regards. You know, like a few years ago, I was essentially almost homeless. Mm. And uh, like we lost our house. My, but that basically mm. that time in my life was just not a very good time in my life. 
to right, say right, the right. least. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not one of those guys who are like, you know, every day is sunshine and rainbows. And we talked about this too. Yeah. There, you know, sadness is a real thing. It's a thing that's going to happen to you no matter what. But it's about understanding that, you know, through the sadness, there's going to be better times. And, you know, although I was very sad in that time and life wasn't the greatest, eventually I started picking myself up. And I, I, and I really started to realize that, like, you know, no one's going to pull me out of this state but myself, just like I did all the other times. And, right. you know, mm. even though money-wise I wasn't there, you know, family was, like, falling apart. And, you know, even there was, you know, my girlfriend, like, left me at the time. And yes. It was just not a good time. But, you know, I pulled through it all. And eventually I, you know, got a job, picked up my life together, and I started working. And I just took it, like, one day at a time. And it was the same with, you know, today. I'm still going through a lot, uh, a bunch of different things. You know, like I'm transitioning still into like a creative, a full-time filmmaker, you know? Right. And, and, and speaking of that, you know, when, when did you officially make that switch? When was the, what, what time did you like officially go from like, like nothing, yeah. just full-time creative? Because that's a tough choice. I mean, to leave like a full-time job and then go into full-time, like un- into unknown territory, essentially. Yeah. Into, yeah. I went to Japan for two weeks i believe just about two weeks and like this year or last last year year. last year last year gotcha i was i was like july i believe june or july okay oh wow that was like right after we'd uh you'd film we'd film yeah it was literally right after we filmed and i went to japan oh wow for like two weeks and uh, that was that was a big change in my life that honestly was after shooting the naji video and then Hmm going to japan that was huge i took a lot of time to think about my life i i basically was able to just step away from everything and just look at my life as a whole and i Mm, just saw that like you know i was content with what i had for sure but i wasn't necessarily happy doing what i was doing and that was really affecting me you know so no, I, I totally get that. You know, even if you have the financial security, even if you have, you have like you're, you're knocking out the the kind of the stress checklist or, or stress avoidance yeah. checklist. Uh, you know, there, there's just some things that aren't fulfilled. You know, it, it, with when you're neglecting an entire half of your creativity. You know, you you wanted to be in music videos or, or do music videos as a, as a filmmaker, and if your if your daily life is you know not yet, not yet, not yet, that itself kind of builds the stress. So I can mm. totally understand why that would. You know why you would kind of walk away from you know the the, the security the, the peace of mind of having the stable job even though it was a creative job it still wasn't yours it was it was somebody else's it was work you were doing for somebody else in a different you know for a different purpose yeah. so you know I, I'm I'm you know I applaud you for you know actually taking the, the jump and and just going into what you actually want to do because that takes a lot you know I, I did the same thing myself last year. Um, and it's funny cause you know, I, I didn't actually, I had planned to do it, um, in November of last year, but then, uh, I, I ended up having to do it three months early because yeah. my job let me go. And I was like, Oh, 
okay, guess we're just doing yeah, this yeah, now. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that that kind of like nervousness, that kind of stress was real. But there was also this kind of, you know, this sense of freedom. It's like, oh, I'm really able to just do whatever I need yeah, to it's now. Exciting. Or I can do what I want. I, you know, it's it, mm-hmm. exactly. It's just super exciting to know. It's nerve, you know, nerve wracking, but mm-hmm. it's still exciting. And you know, I'm just really glad that you were you were able to make the switch. You know, it's there's it, it, there's still going to be bumps, ups and downs, but you know, at least you're you're here and you're still kicking. For you know sure. I mean, that's yeah. That's the most I think part for me was like when I was working there, I you know, I tried everything that I that I'm committed to. I try really hard to do my best in. But I I started to realize, hmm. you, know, you know, I'm never going to do the work that I really want to do, and I'm never because I'm not fully happy with doing it. Right. So you know, I. I loved my team there, and I did. I felt like it was, I was almost responsible, so I didn't want to have them face or work with someone who like knew they didn't want to be there, because I wouldn't be mm-hmm. making the mm-hmm. best work, and they wouldn't be getting the best work, you know. So I left. Right. That's that's what it was. I handed in my two weeks, and it was honestly the greatest feeling of my life. It really was. Like I felt just so that much. That is lighter. always the best feeling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would imagine. I, I've been, I've been at a point. I mean, luckily, you, you kind of left on on good terms because I've been at a point. I've pretty much left every job I've left at a point of like, all right, I am done with. Yeah, this yeah, shit. yeah. Like I am You're done. Like, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You it's know, like, so, yeah. Like, I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm that's. Out. It's really good that you were able to just leave on those good terms, and not that you were like not leaving the door open necessarily, like if you need to go back, but just just to leave it on good terms and kind of end that chapter in your life. That's. You know, that's always a testament to the the character of yourself, to the character of the people around you, that you can still, you know, kind of have respect for them, have respect for what they do, but just know that you need to move on to the yeah, next point. Yeah, for sure. Peacefully, you know. You know, that's really, really nice. Um, also, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, so your, your kind of filmmaking style, um, you know, for me, the, the thing that attracted me towards your work was that it was, ve- you know, obviously it's, it's very detailed, very meticulous and, and, and meticulously crafted, but, you know, you have a very very good eye for cinematography or as far as like telling a story um through mm-hmm. through visual pieces without even needing like a mm-hmm. voice you know just looking at like in like several objects in a room and being like these things have a story yeah. to tell you know what what how can i film this in a way that really really makes this thing speak without speaking and i was wondering how you ca- kind of develop that or if you could tell us some about that i honestly i think everything that a creative does is through years and years of like cultivating your taste that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Watching, consuming a lot of things, but more than just consuming, understanding. So that's a big part of everything that I do. You know, like, you know, since I didn't grow up with mm. money in my pockets all the time, I had to focus on things that didn't involve money, which were things like art direction, storytelling, concept, styling, creative direction, you know, like editing, color grading. It's like all these things are stuff that I had to focus on. So over the years, that's kind of what I developed my style and focus on, you know, just nailing things down like color palettes and art direction, wardrobe, all that stuff. So all those little bits really like come together to build a film. Yeah, absolutely. I I would say there's just one... um... There's this one guy on YouTube. I think his, his name is like DSLR Film. It's not DSLR Film School, but there's there's this one guy that um, really kind of solidified that point 
for me where, you know, like filmmaking or making a good film isn't just about setting your camera to you know, 24 frames per second. There's so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a DSLR film guide, right? Whatever. His name is like Simon yeah, Kane or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the guy who like guy. films on like yep. T3i or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. That guy. Yep. I learned a lot <laughs> yeah. of my stuff from and him. It's funny that he mentions that. Yeah, I've learned yeah. so much from him. You know, it's crazy because, you know, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, he was using the T3i. So for people, listen, you know, the Canon T3i is like an entry-level DSLR. So you'd be like two, yeah. three hundred bucks. Um, but it's like, it's like, you know, just like a consumer grade. It's nothing super special. Mm. But it mm-hmm. is a DSLR, but it's, it's nothing like great. But the stuff that he comes out with is with it is yeah. incredible because he pays so much attention to everything else outside of it everything else that actually makes a film yeah. a film you know from the framing you know the composition awesome. the, the storyboarding you know he he yeah. takes that that time and that's something that i noticed that you do so i was wondering if that was one of the one of your inspirations or if if you've yeah, ever seen him for sure because you, know, you guys know, like definitely I, I didn't study film at all in fact i had no one really? around me that did film i think i knew that out of everything, I think I knew that. You were listening. What? Out of all the things I didn't know about you. <laughs> yeah, like I, I didn't, I didn't study film at so, all. So like, I had to learn from experience and the internet, really. Like you know, DSLR right. film guide mm. was one of the guys that I watched a lot, just because he focused on other things outside of cameras. You know, he focused on, like you said, like composition, storytelling, lighting, you know, editing, sound, Mm -hmm. you know, all of these things. He's one of the guys that I really watched a lot to learn this stuff because I had no one else, you know, like everyone else that I knew was studying advertising Mm -hmm. or in design. No one was doing film. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you know what? It still kind of is like that to this day. (laughs) It's, It's, I'm in a really weird space in my career right now where, I don't know very many people who are doing film. So I've always just been doing it mm. myself. But he's he's fascinating. Huh. It's like I remember just the other day I went to go visit a production house and they're they're a pretty big name production house here. So they've done a lot of music videos and commercials for everyone in the world. And the executive producer came on and she looked at my work and she's like, "Wow, you got a really good style." Like your work is really great. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then she's mm. like, what camera do you use? And I told her, guess. And she started guessing. She's like, oh, <laughs> dude, was, was it like a Red Epic? An Ari Alexa? You know, uh, a C300? Right. <laughs> like, like $5,000 like cameras. cameras that she's naming off. And yeah, those oh are, my those God. pricey cameras. And I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, keep guessing. And she, she just kept guessing. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna stop you right there. I was using like a thousand dollar camera setup, and she and her like her jaw just dropped. She was literally just like, "Excuse me," what? and you know that's not a common occurrence for like the people that I meet in production houses. They're always just like blown away for whatever reason that I am doing this work on a small rig, and I, and I told her just like I tell everyone else that hmm. you know I just focus on everything else. Film is more than just camera gear. I've seen plenty Absolutely. of people who yeah. shoot with like reds and Aries and a, like a bajillion dollar lenses, but yes. like the work is crap. You know, like they're they're stylish. I shit. think I think we've had yeah. this discussion before. Yeah, of people who just like end up purchasing like thousands of dollars worth of equipment <laughs> yeah. and don't know how to use it. I'm gonna use it to for the sure. fullest capabilities. So so question for you then. Um, what would you say is like 
I guess like a bare minimum setup for you. Like, is there is there a bare minimum setup that you could get away with and still accomplish the quality that you would want? Like, or you know, like I mean, obviously, you know, the 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 intention is kind of the the ultimate priority. So, you know, if if you're gonna shoot an entire thing on like a, not, I don't know if Polaroid has video cameras, but you know, if obviously if you want to shoot yeah, on like, like an old time camera film, or something. Um, camera, you know, the, then there's, you know, there's purpose yeah. behind that. There's intention. So, you know, you're going to get the aesthetic that you need, but um, for like, you know, the, the, the typical, I, I'm not going to say Hollywood look, but like for like a, a, a decent studio grade film that people want to make nowadays or, or like a YouTube video, things like that. What would you say, um, you know, what would be a good way to start or get into that or figure out what kind of equipment you need, you know, cause you know, it's a lot of trial and error figuring out what works for you, what works for your eye, what lenses to get, what, you know, different sure. aesthetics that the lenses have or what, you know, just equipment in general. So what would you, what would you say? What's, what's a good way to kind of figure out what to get? For a lot of experimenting, project? a lot of being a filmmaker is like learning your tools in your kit and trying a bunch of different things. Like I hmm. tried a lot of different cameras from like Nikon's to Panasonic's to Fuji's and it mm. was the same way. Like people have this huge debate about Nikon versus Canon. But to me, it's like, it doesn't matter. It's whatever feels yeah. most comfortable to you in your hands. Whatever intuitively feels right. right. For me, the important things are that everything that I'm doing feel, feels right. So the menus are good. I know where they are. The buttons feel right. The way that I'm holding the camera feels good. It's not clunky. And I could do it on really mm -hmm. any mm -hmm. camera. It doesn't matter. Like you can give me like a like a two three eye, and I'd be able to run at yeah. it and just start filming stuff. I just have to understand what I can and can't do with a camera. That's a big part. Understanding what are the capabilities of this mm -hmm. camera, how far can I push this, is very key. Very very key. You know, because have you ever run into um, like an issue where you've kind of reached the limitations sure. of your equipment? For sure, especially in things like editing and grading, you can only push a file so far. And that's what those bigger cameras are for, right. really. Like they just have really <laughs> intense files that you can push. And that's that's kind got of it, interesting. The little barrier that I've faced. And I'm I'm actually a tech head too. Yeah. So like I love tech and I love reading about cameras and lenses mm. and all that stuff. I'll I'll like sit here and just read articles for hours. <laughs> like right. For days. Yeah, all day, I feel all you. day. I mean, would take it myself. Yeah. Yes. I just love reading about the different technologies and, and how yeah. far we've pushed the technology nowadays. Even though it's funny because technically the technology we're trying to push nowadays is basically like kind of catching up to the old. Because you know we had film cameras at first. So we had you know that kind of image frame and that kind of quality. So yeah. then we switched to the digital realm right. and then we were trying to catch up and, and get yeah. back to that quality. So at this like I, I wonder you know at what point it's going to get to where we're actually you know uh, yeah. exceeding that quality. I think we miss the artifacts. You know what I mean? Like the random artifacts, the, the things that made made yeah. it organic. Filmmaking you know is I mean? interesting in that way. A lot of filmmakers look for things with imperfection. So like they'll use old film vintage yeah. lenses mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. there are those imperfections that give character. And that's, that's part right. of being like a, yeah. a cinematographer Absolutely. is like understanding those imperfections and what works well. Like sometimes I'll shoot a project on like, a, I don't right. know, a super eight millimeter. Or sometimes I'll shoot it all basically with photos. Or another time I might use it digital. It just kind of depends. 
what the project calls for. That, that definitely makes sense. Exactly. You know, because myself, you know, I end up, I my main lens is like a $50 manual lens from like 1970 or something. Like it's super old glass, but I love yeah. the look of it's it. It's incredible. It, you know, it, it looks amazing. It yeah. looks amazing. It's on, you yeah. know, cheap DSLR, but it makes everything yeah. just yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, people would be surprised at how old and how cheap the glass is, but it just, it just works. Yeah. I mean, um, even, yeah. even in photography, like I see people like adding grain or like, you know what I mean? Like adding like more organic elements, yeah. like dust digitally. I mean, obviously so much better manual, like to, to do it organically, but it's just, it's coming back. Like there are more and more like apps that are coming out on, you know, iOS or, or whatever, you know, Google Play or Android that are meant to replicate like the yeah, old film sure. style. So I also do want to ask you, um, kind of, it's, it's kind of t- of a tangent, but um, you know, so your work with Andrew, or or you work with Andrew quite a bit, um, and, and for people listening, you know, Andrew is uh, one of his partners for film projects, so he's on the producer side, um, and I, I guess he's on the editing side too. But I'm not, I'm not quite familiar with the the entire extent, you know, to what you guys what you guys do together. So can you go into some details to like who he is, you know, how you guys work together, what yeah. you guys do? Yeah, Andrew's the homie. <laughs> Andrew is the homie. That's who he is. <laughs> he's he's uh he's one of those guys that I met. I'm like, this guy's a cool dude. I met him at like my grad show. One of my friends of a friend brought him, and he was with another guy named Clay. Mm. And I was like, yo, you guys are cool. And I, you know, I talked to them and asked them what they do. And they're like, yo, we make <laughs> shoes. And I'm like, wait, what? You guys make shoes? That's so cool. I've never heard of anyone making shoes here. Yeah. I don't think I know anyone who yeah. does that. Yeah, He's the only person I know. Interesting. Yeah. And we talked about it and I was like, yeah. damn, these are really cool. And eventually like we worked on a project together. Uh, we shot like a little editorial, uh, did a little concept about it. And it was one of the greatest projects that I've done. It's still one of my favorite projects. It still is. And um, wow. yeah, he's definitely more on the production side of things. Andrew's been pretty busy so i haven't really been hmm. working with him as much these days yeah he's been traveling yeah, he's been he's traveling been getting a bit. his life together with other parts oh, too and um yeah makes, sense. makes he, sense he he's the one who like pretty much helped me put together the Naji video he's the dude <laughs> mm. yeah yeah so so that video itself so the when i originally came with you through the concept um you know i i wasn't aware of you know who the team was what the team was but um, the first thing you told me was just like, you know, we're going to do like a minimal setup. You know, we already have all the guys. We already have all the equipment. So I'm, I'm expecting like yeah, yeah, yeah. just like five people and like this this whole crew. Set. It's just <laughs> you and Andrew. And uh, what, was, what was your friend's name? The other, it was another Andrew. There were two team. Andrews there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was another Andrew, yeah. right? There, there were two Andrews. Two Andrews, and I was like, "Wow, this is like a this is like a Navy SEAL type team. Like you guys are yeah. quick, and like you were just on it." And they <laughs> called themselves the Jandrews, <laughs> you know. But the but the vibe was um, incredible, you know. Like I, I just loved the way you guys worked, and and it seemed like you guys have been working together for years. Um, and you, at that point, you might have, but you yeah. said you met them uh, relatively recently, so I guess not. But mm. you know, it's just it was really cool to see you know some people who were really good at what they do and just do it well and, and you know, do it so, you know, so meticulously and so, so kindly and, and you know, and so efficiently in, in a way where I felt like comfortable with the entire process. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, okay, we're just going to this spot, you know, it was smooth and we were able to provide, you know, food and, and yeah. make sure everybody was taken care of and, and everything just went really yeah, smoothly because sure. you guys planned it out really well. Um, so, you know, it's just a testament to yeah, who you hang around you with. Hang you know? around with. <laughs> we, we all really. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. 
Jimmy, so now that you're you're freelancing, you're you're kind of like doing your own thing, you're your own boss, right? What um what would you say is like the most difficult part of doing keeping that? yourself on track? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. No. Scheduling. Uh, scheduling. Honestly, not even yes. anymore. Scheduling is like second nature to me. But it's about like. Interesting. Okay. It's about what do I do here from here on out? You know, because there's no more steps in front of you that mm. there's no more directions or anything. You have to decide that all yourself. There's no instructions for you to follow. There is no like plan mm, that right. is guaranteed to work. So it's up to you to decide what's the best route and i think that's the hardest part deciding what exactly to do so you're just so you're just making creating yeah. your own steps and essentially trying yeah. to follow them. i spent basically my plan yeah. was so i wanted to get into filmmaking but i specifically wanted to do music and at the time i didn't right. know mm. anyone on a music level like I didn't know no one. Najee was like essentially the only guy that I knew that was doing music, like for real doing music. Uh, yeah. And, uh, oh, I So I spent a lot of time just like meeting people. And, you know, I met, I met Evan that day. Yeah. Falcone, amazing. Yeah, that's the one, oh, the coolest guy ever. That guy is insane. I still remember we were at Onoir and like there was the piano there. And then like everyone <laughs> just started playing on the keys and then like Evan sat down. And like, I had no idea, like Evan like talked about music <laughs> a little bit here and there, but I had no idea that he was this like amazing musician and he just started ripping it. Yeah. He just started ripping incredible. it on the keys. And I was just like, wait, what? Yeah. And I was just like, mesmer- I was literally just like, <laughs> Andrew and I were just like, whoa, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. The thing about Evan is that he's so he's low key so and low humble key. about he's so it. Humble. He's, he's so humble. He's so humble. It's wild. Like yeah. he has like the talent of every imaginable like composer yeah. that you would know. Like it's just, but he's just like, oh yeah, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I do this thing, you know. Like <laughs> my hands can move across the key. You know, I just press this key there. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, but but mention going back to uh, what you were saying about um, how you didn't really know many people at the time when you. Um, we're talking to me. It's it's funny because it's like when we started linking up in Toronto, it, 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 I noticed that the Louise was going not going through the same thing, but like how many people I just accidentally ended up networking, you know, that I did not expect to to connect, you know. So like when Louise, when I brought uh, when we both went up to Toronto, um, and we yeah. stayed with my friend Marisa, um, I introduced, you know, obviously I introduced him to her the first time, and that mm. kind of created that connection. And then we yeah. met up with another. Um, we met up with uh, Versace, um, Zach. I don't that know. day, yeah. yeah, we met with him that day along with uh, some yeah. other friends of Marisa's. Um, but you know, we just kind of made that connection, and then the next time we came back, obviously, you know, we linked up with uh, you and and Andrew, and um, you know, all the people that we linked up from previously. So then we we all, um, Luis also had his friends previously, Matt uh, and Gwen, Matt yeah. and Gwen, who were also uh, videographers, um, and you know, we kind of just started link. You know, he linked me up with them, and it was just interesting. Like that entire summer was a really it was insightful to see how the the networking process kind of goes for creators you literally like it's it's not like there's just this designated event that everybody goes to like it's not there's not like a like a creative <laughs> mixer yeah. like you know the, those things yeah. kind of exist yeah they do they but do. you know it's not normal like no. normally if you want to make this thing happen you just have to go out Organic. there yeah. and meet people and you know that happened a lot during the summer so it's just crazy to see like how many people that you connected yeah. with 
you know, because Louise was telling me, you know, when he told me you were in New York and like connecting with Owen, I'm like, how did that happen? Yeah. Like, what did, when did that even become a thing? I'm like, it's just crazy. You yeah. Know, yeah. How that like kind of works this. out. It's like everything that we do is so organic because, you know, people can, people yes. can spot yes. their shit from a yeah. mile away, you know? So like, you know, when I'm meeting these guys, mm. like I genuinely just want to be homies with these guys. And it comes off that way because it's authentic, you know? I think that's, I, that that's probably the most important or most uh, I would say like successful way of meeting people or and 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 strong like the 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 most um, yeah. beneficial way of meeting people yeah. you know because I you know I kind of like operate under that that same mindset it's like I'm not when I try to meet somebody or like another musician for the first time you know I'm not sitting there like you know I I need to collab with this dude right away like let's collab bro like that's if you put that in a different context or just switch the words, it's basically being like, you know, let, let's, let's work right now or let's get into this relationship yeah. right now. Let's let, like, just no, working. <laughs> yeah, no, no pretext, nothing. Just like, let's do this because Business we only. just met each other. And it's just like, oh, that just, yeah. it yeah. throws people off. And sure. It turns people off. It turns myself off, you know? So I try and make it a point to, you know, before I even talk about music, I mean, granted, you know, the context that we met through would be music, but I'm trying to befriend people. Like I don't even want to work with people that I don't yeah, like. Exactly. That would make no sense. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just it's just backwards. You know, you want to you want to connect with people that you actually connect with. Like I, like half of my musician friends, I I haven't even made music with yet because they're just so you know so tight. And we're just we're just yeah. so chill with each other that it just is like oh yeah I guess we got that thing. But like yeah I'm, I'm just trying to get some <laughs> breakfast, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that's really it's a really yeah, good way to, sure. to approach it. Yeah, I think I think we talked about this the other day. It def- it, comes down to the character you know yeah of the person absolutely. yeah yeah of, of who you're hanging out with and and what they bring to the table like for you personally i mean like you know that they care about your well-being they care about who you yeah. are your growth all that matters you know i apparently apparently i'm not there though like with you jimmy because i didn't care to ask at all <laughs> I didn't care to ask. You know what? You didn't need to. I just, I just felt, we just felt it was there, you know? We could just say it was an intuitive thing. We could just say it was an intuitive thing. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. too funny. Yeah. That's and it, funny. it works the best that way. It really does. It's like all these people yeah. that I meet are like now really close friends, but they're, you know, everyone's looking, since we're friends, now we're yes. all just looking mm-hmm. out for each other. You know, if there's a project that comes along, that they'll, yeah. they'll ask me because no one wants to work with anyone but their friends. Yeah. That's really what it is. That's true. Yeah. Ultimately. I mean, because I think I, I I told, I don't remember who I said it to a while back, but somebody was like, you know, like, where do you see yourself or where do you want to see yourself in like five or 10 years? And I was like, or like, who do you want to work with in like five or 10 years? I was like, I want to be at the point where I'm just like chilling at my like getaway vacation house and just having tea with like Pharrell. Just Not even working, just like yeah. having tea because we've already had that connection for so long. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's at the point where I want to be where I'm genuinely like befriending Chilling. people and actually making connections in the, in the sense that like I, I, I'm forming bonds with people. Like, you know, music is dope and creativity is dope, but I am here. I'm, I'm in this because ultimately I had a vision for what I wanted to do with my life. Was, you mm. know, I wanted to travel. I wanted to make pe- I meet people and make connections, but meaningful connections, you know, and I wanted to actually, you know, bring that human element of kindness and just genuine nature yeah. Yeah. to my life. You know, music is an outlet for that. Creativity is an outlet for that, but th- those are the kind of like the tenets of how I want to live and how I want to introduce happiness into to my life. So I'm always like looking for just genuine people to connect with and and, and those types of yeah. friendships. Well, we do, and just we do because we enjoy it, you know? right? 
so why not enjoy the people that we do this stuff with you know have fun (laughs) that's the big thing it's like you know it's art it's creativity man just enjoy it if you're not enjoying it it's not going to come off as something that you're really into exactly yeah yeah no it'll show it'll show if you're just trying to force it yeah yeah it begs the question then you know like if we go back to like I want to say like Leonardo da Vinci days, like way early back when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, do you think that, I wonder if they were ever friends or if they were just like. Oh, everybody. those people knew each other. Like I mean, they, they were hanging each out. Other, but like, were they like, were they homies? Like was Leonardo like, like, like piggybacking off of another like philosopher guy? Just be like, yeah, what do you think about this? Like, or were they kind of just reserved? Like, was the, like, is it like, did art switch from kind of being this, lonely introspective thing to this more inclusive thing over time or has that always been the case i think i think it's always been the case because i mean when you think about like like the renaissance right i mean all those artists were were creating that whole movement you know you got you got michelangelo Raphael, donatello you know what i mean like all those, <laughs> the teenage mutant the teenage mutant girls <laughs> <laughs> pizza in the series i don't I love how I just named them off like that. Like that. I just named them off straight Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Yo, I didn't even mean that, honestly. <laughs> but wow. you know, all those people were working in 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 a I don't want to say small area, but like they definitely knew about each but other. But do you think that's you know? just do you think that's just history portraying that to us? Because you know, we it's it's it could be. We don't know. Could be. We don't know. Like, I feel what Nacho said is actually very interesting. I don't. I feel like history and everything that we've learned about it make it feel as if they're one big movement. But I don't think we really. They really realized it while it was happening, and I don't think they really knew as many people as we did. Mm. I think art back then was kind mm. of that isolated, you know, process. You know, like everyone was, you know, even art themselves. A lot of artists back then weren't loved at all. They, in fact, they were hated. They were shunned by the people. Yeah, right. They died penniless. Yeah, you know, no children. Yeah, it was our for art's sake. sake, Literally, they died for their art, (laughs) and no one cared. They didn't care until he died. Yeah, there was nothing else. Nothing. Nobody would pay them. You know, nobody. It was an honor to do work. Exactly. That's what it so was. When, like, when nobody did paid that, them. When did that switch where it became just this? I mean, obviously, we've always yeah. been kind of like on the chain of of successful or, or um, what's the word that I'm thinking of? You know, doctors, lawyers, uh, you know, the prestigious Pre- careers. Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of another word, but like, <laughs> it, it's never really been like a highly esteemed yeah. career. Like, it's always been Art. like, yeah, it's always been yeah, like yeah. the poor man's kind of thing or his next yeah. best. Yeah. Next best attempt at making something out of himself. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, and that stems from yes. the early days. You know, so nowadays art has become this high class kind of thing. You know, we always look at you know like Monet and and right. and, and uh, I can't I, I can't even think of there, there's so, uh, there's yeah. so yeah. many artists so that many we look artists. At back at in hindsight and yeah. we're like they were ahead of their time. So like when did it switch to the point where now we can start calling artists like within their time? You know, I like, think I think it happened when it when it became more of a business rather than okay. So like before you had like musicians who would just play hmm. right. And, um, but the, you know, you had composers who were writing for specific things. Yeah. You know, they were writing for theater, like Mozart writing yeah. for opera or, you know what I mean? So he was definitely getting paid off of that. Yeah. You know, because he was just doing some like, like stuff for, for, 
priests, you know, in, in, in the church right. and then um, for the kings and queens at the time. So he was, they, they were definitely making money and that's, he was at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when it started becoming a business, so for when it started, people started yeah. reprinting sheet music and money was coming in that way, you know, and then all of a sudden you had like, oh, well, how are we going to, you know, oh, well, we'll have royalties for that. Because how are the people going to get paid for writing the music? How are yeah. they going to continue writing music for us? Advertising and business right. brought it all to the mainstream. That's that's what it was. Yeah. They they literally branded the culture of the arts. That's crazy. And they sold it. Everything from concerts yeah. and they to artworks it. to merchandise. That became culture and it became engraved in our society. And I think at that point, that was when we could start, you know, Picturing these artists almost as celebrities. Yeah. Something to be desired of. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And nowadays you can actually look at somebody and appreciate their body of work now as opposed yeah. to looking at them, uh, you know, as a heretic or something like that. I mean, obviously there's, yeah. there were a lot of different cultural shifts that happened that so that we longer, we no longer <laughs> like burn people at the stake <laughs> and yes. consider people Which heretics. Is, but, right. you know, it, it, was, it yeah. was a slow but sure, yeah. steady process. But, you know, it, it's just yeah. interesting to see where we're at now, you know, how much we can prioritize happiness and, and take the risk. And even though, you know, we're not making or, you know, we could end up as, you know, the the, the Mozarts of our times. Yeah. It's, in the end, a lot of these artists that we love and revere ended up penniless, ended up yeah. like just dead. It's like Van Gogh. Forgot. Yeah, man, you know what I mean? Van like, Gogh yeah. was a, a virtually unknown. And, and now he died and then and then then he became huge yeah you know yeah N- nowadays we kind of have like a, a faster or several arcs rather than just like one kind of like oh that was a great art like they yeah. can be appreciated right. in our time yeah which is cool you know yeah by the way i looked this up michelangelo definitely uh had interactions and conversations with da vinci and Raphael. Hey, there you go. I don't know about Donatello though. I don't know. <laughs> I, also, he, wasn't, he wasn't accepted to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Knew it. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't pass the Kung Fu test. Uh, yeah. Apparently, there was like some sort of like rivalry that they had, like Michelangelo and, mm, and Da Vinci yeah. sort of had. So I think yeah. it happens, man. I think it happens where there are periods where creatives connect, you know, and Definitely. and they they I, change I think it just movements, you know. Is, I think it just happens on a smaller scale back then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. It was way more one-to-one now. Like, yeah. you can just connect to an entire community just by one message on Instagram, you know? Right. It's yeah. like, that's, it's, that, that's it's true. instant for us. It's instant. Back that's then, true. it was much harder. You know, it's like you'd have to get on your horse. Then you'd right. go to <laughs> send a raven. Send, send a, a raven over, you know? Smoke signals, whatever it might be. You know? But it was much harder back then. That's, I make arts. <laughs> Smokes and it was just like I art. Do you? <laughs> and the way they spelled it was D O U question mark. Why O U is too much to smoke signal? I'm it just is, saying, man. right? It's another letter. Yeah. So the other question I wanted to ask you about. Um, mm-hmm. So your work uh, in the Toronto music scene. Are you? I remember when I was up there originally. You were asking me about. Um, you know, like you're trying to do like a like a warehouse show or like kind of like a, a big Toronto show and setting those up. Are you still kind of in the Toronto yeah. music scene in that sense? I have, I think I'm, I, I'm kind of torn hmm. because half of me really wants to just do like the film stuff. Right. But the other half really wants to dive into the experiences. And I want to do the experiences, but it costs money. Yes. That's the big thing. Yeah. 
and it costs a lot of resources to build anything like that. Yeah. And I, like I've wanted to set up essentially like an NPR tiny desk, Colors Berlin sort of thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. And really focus on the live experience. And oh, I feel you. I'm not. I'm not going to give away too much because I don't, because I don't want the idea to get out there. But all good. All it good. evolved. It evolved the <laughs> internet and some new platforms, and it's a fascinating and new way of basically exploring the live experience and how that gets to your consumers. That's awesome. And all your audience. So I'm. I know what I want to do for that. I definitely know what I want to do, and I definitely know how to do it. But it's just a matter of the money. Where am I going to get the money from? The finances. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, like if you're doing a live experience, what you need to get, you need to get the instruments. You got to bring the artists in. You got to get the space. And when you pay for the space, that's a lot of money. Then you might need to get insurance. I feel you. you. And then you got to pay the sound guy. Then you got to get the camera. Then you got to get the the time to edit. Then you got (laughs) to create it. Then, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of things. So I'm just I'm just trying to do that. But more than anything, I've just been involved with like, you know, bringing people's visions to life, whether it was Evan's Total Projects or, I, I don't know, a thing with Cole. It could, it could literally be anything. Like I'm just here making creative things. I can't wait for that to happen, honestly. Yeah. The moment you get that, the financial, you know, like all, the, all that yeah. in order. Working towards it all. Because it, it's true, man. Like, and it's like, Doing something like an experience um, that's all-encompassing. I mean, it has all all different forms of art. It's not like just going to a concert. I mean, it's it's yeah. literally going the, the through. The thing yeah. is, it's like you're building culture. That's yeah, what I'm trying exactly. to do. I'm trying to yeah. build culture more than anything. And I'm trying to build a community through culture. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the, the live experience, the, some of the content that I, that I plan on putting out, that's all part of that part of the building blocks to build culture. Mm. And that's, that's what I want to do. You know, I'm like, I, I take a lot of inspiration from things like 88 rising mm. where they're, I, I think of them as the modern day label, you know, there's, they're the, there's this independent label that is out in front of everyone versus a regular typical label who just is a bank account, essentially who True. plays in the yeah. backgrounds of artists. You know, I want to be an, a group of individuals that really, bring this platform and put it right out in front for the artists. That's, that's basically what I want to do. And, I, and I'm just looking for people like, you know, everywhere in the world, doesn't matter where you are. As right. long as we can link up at some time or another, whether it's a phone call, or whatever, and just make things happen. Like, you know, like I flew to New York to film a music video. Nothing stopped me. I literally just sent yeah. a message, you know, and she was like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, all right, let's do it. I'm coming down. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like nothing's stopping me. So, yeah, I'm just looking for people to just, you know, connect with. And yeah. Makes sense. People who just want to do the same things that I'd want to do. And then hopefully we can just do it together because there's no way that I can do this alone. There's yeah. no way. Too many Absolutely. things. You need a team. You need, you need yeah. the team. You need the network. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. for sure. Speaking of which, well, actually not really speaking of which, but... um. <laughs> when we when we ended up relinking back up the second time in Toronto, um, you know, we went to this uh, 
or for for Louise's birthday, we went to the restaurant. Um, oh Noir. Oh Noir. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. uh, for people who don't know, it is basically like this restaurant where you eat in pitch black, um, and all yeah. the, the wait staff are blind, and they have to guide you through the restaurant, and it's amazing. Yeah. You know, not because I mean, food is you know really really good. It's good, yeah. But it's obviously it's not like super fine dining, but it's more so the experience of eating blind and being completely blind but from that process uh louise tells me that you you kind of had like this epiphany um can can you delve more into that yeah that honestly that that whole experience just changed the way i view all experiences it was that's incredible fascinating (laughs) you know like we went in there and i didn't know what to expect i knew it was going to be interesting but like and on top of that to meet people under those circumstances where you literally don't see them and all you all you have is your voice. That's literally oh, that's all right. you have. Yeah. Just you also voice. met people for the first time. Yeah. yeah. I literally yeah. saw your face for maybe two minutes before yeah. I didn't. And then I was like, I, I like thinking, I was like, I have no idea. Because I met you and Andrew and, well, Estevan, I, I kind of had met before, like, not too long. Like, we didn't spend that much time together. But yeah. yeah, but but you and Andrew, I was and I was just like, I feel bad because like I don't know which one's which. So like, <laughs> when we get out in daylight and I see your faces, like I, I don't know who's who. You just have to match the voice. That's, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, no, it was fascinating. It was even like I remember the moment like Najee went up to like go to the washroom, and then mm-hmm. he was sitting beside me. At least I think you were sitting beside me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he was sitting beside me, and then he got up, and I remember like just hearing the change in sound. Like my voice started to bounce more mm. and felt like it went farther because Najee was gone. Like our, our hearing was super sensitive. Yeah. And our taste, yeah. even our taste was different too. Like just eating, we didn't know what was on your on your fork. We had no idea what yeah. we were eating. Literally no wild. idea. <laughs> and that was fascinating. So that kind of changed, not changed, I think it solidified what I thought about music and experiences as a whole. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think these days that like just releasing a music video is enough. Mm, yeah. It's it's like if you want to release a music video, you have to do, you know, a PR strategy. Maybe there's an experience behind it. Maybe you're doing an event. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're selling merch. It's an ex, it's an extension. Mm-hmm. And I think it's music videos are one outlet to what you can do. But there's so much more that I think a lot of people aren't taking advantage of. And I think that's what makes the difference between an artist who's just doing it in their bedroom and someone who is taking this seriously. I think that's the push that you really need, not just like your your art direction and career direction as a whole, but your experiences, all right, of it. Absolutely. You know, like you look at artists like Daniel Caesar and he's like him and his team, Sean Brown and everyone there, like they have galleries all over the world as they're touring. Like they're they're setting up art galleries. Oh, of wow. the merch of their own content oh, and people are going to cool. these things like crazy and it's I've stuff like that that makes yet. you feel connected yeah it's it's amazing you should you should go awesome. and just search it up a bit it's, it's fascinating what they do it really is and that that helps bring character to the artist you know they're not just mm. a person making music you get to know you almost feel as if you get to know who the artist is as a person mm. that's yeah. super cool man yeah. all that from eating in a <laughs> in a black, yeah, restaurant. black, black restaurant. restaurant yeah wow. that place brings us wonders yeah jimmy one more thing do you have any questions for us 
I want to see more. <laughs> I want to see what else do you guys have planned? Do you have anything else planned outside of podcasts? So, yeah. So outside of the podcast, um, so <laughs> I, unfortunately, I can't name too much on the podcast yet. Secret We got to pace it. But there definitely are more things coming besides the podcast. Um, so I can let you know that I do have a project coming out this year. Um, can't say, you know, what it is, how it's coming out, but there's a project coming out this year. Louise yes. also has a project coming out this year. I yes. think he can tell you more about that, but. Yeah. Well, you know about that. You know yeah. about that. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's the Tides project that's going to be coming yeah. out. So I, I actually have to finish the artwork that you sent me over because the Photoshop that I was using, I like my time limit ran out for it. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> so I just got to finish that. And, um. Yeah, and then uh, that should be out April, May, yeah. time around that nice. time. Yeah, yeah, can't wait for it. We're in. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, um, just traveling, working with some more people for starting new music. Yeah, for the project and just living. And yeah. you know, I think this is the first year uh, where I'll be going to London and and uh, in, in South Africa for the first time. Like leaving the continent. I've never left the states, or I've never left the the North America. I've never left North America. Oh, um, this is gonna be amazing! That's yeah. incredible. What are you leaving? Yes. Um. So I leave for London in May, and yeah. then there for like a week, and then I leave for uh, South Africa in October. Wow. Um, again for like a week, and then yeah. I was trying to get like a Japan Korea trip in. I don't know if that's gonna happen this year because <laughs> of just budget and it's you expensive, know, man. To going eat. to Asia is hella expensive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we'll expensive. see, but hopefully I can yeah. get there uh, this year. If not, if not this year, Japan would be the next dope. Year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me, so me and Martin and uh, we were definitely talking about going yeah. up there for like a patches week, is gonna be there. Yeah, and yeah. patches too. Patches. I want to go there to make a there. film, man. Like I was there. Oh you know? yeah. Like no. it's hard. Like when you're traveling and you're vacationing, it's hard to like experience, but also like film stuff. So I couldn't do it. Mm. Yeah. So, like when I go there the next time, I want to just like make things while I'm there. You know. Yeah. That's yeah. what I want to do. I just want to film, make a make some some sort of art piece out there. Yeah, that'd be amazing. That'd be incredible. Well, Jimmy, you know, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you and catching up and and just hearing some of your backstory. It's been, there's definitely, I I wish we could get into more of it. You know, I wish we could delve into it, but you know, that'll be for another time. But um, is there anything you want to say, anything you want to close out with? Obviously, we'll give you a chance to plug your socials, any any other projects you you have coming up or anything like that. Yeah, why not? I've. I I just want to say anyone out there trying to do anything in life and who's a little stuck on what they want to do, just look at your life as a whole. Really consider everything in your life and look at the things that you enjoy the most, whether it's the people, whether it's what you'd like to do on your side of time. And really consider, should I just be doing that? Is it feasible for me to do it? And if it's not, how can I go about doing it? And just do it, man. You you have, it's really cheesy to say, but you really do only have one life to live. Might as well mm. live it doing something you enjoy and not hating every moment of it. True, Man, I feel this. That's it on Respect. a spiritual level. So, uh, where, where can we find you? Where can we find you online? Where can we find your work? For sure, you can just find me at Jimmy Vi. You know, Jimmy for the six. JimmyVi.com. <laughs> <laughs> I was pulling with it, okay, Drake. Don't hate me. <laughs> <laughs> now you can just find wow. me at Jimmy V everywhere on Instagram, on my website, Vimeo, you name it, I'm there. Perfect. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. 
I miss you, man. <laughs> oh, I miss you guys too. We'll, come, we'll catch we'll you back. We'll see, we'll see you in Toronto <laughs> soon. <laughs> well, that's it for this episode. If you have any burning questions or topics you want us to talk about, hit us up on the site, thousandstory.co slash contact, or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thousandstory underscore. That's an actual underscore, not the word underscore. And if you want to know about our lives outside of the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well. My handle is at Mr. Najiboy. That's M-R-N-A-J-I-B-O-Y. And I go by at El Pontillo on Instagram. That's L-P-O-N-T-I-L-L-O. And at Luis Pontillo, that's L-U-I-S-P-O-N-T-I-L-L-O on Twitter. And you can find that information on the website at thousandstory.co slash podcast. What's the next episode? Wearing the hats. Wearing all the hats. Mm -hmm. See, these are things that I thought we did.